This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. Well, getting a little frostier out there, starting to feel that nip in the air, and it's a joy, a pure joy to be driving home in the dark, of course, but that's it. We're in November now in the, dare I say it, countdown to Christmas. Dave, are you prepared in any way, shape, or form? No, nor am I. There we go. We're in the same boat. Well, there's been a lot of discussion of late about issues linked to the rising cost of living, social and mental health supports, and people struggling with and living in poverty or dealing with food or housing insecurity. We've seen numerous stories about people who've fallen through the cracks and others who just aren't getting the supports that they need. We're also increasingly aware of the impact undiagnosed learning difficulties, including things like ADHD and other learning disabilities, can have on whether or not a person succeeds. Well, in recent years, schools and educators are more aware of the supports necessary to help kids succeed. But years ago, many young people would simply quit the system out of frustration or complete lack of self-esteem or uh, purpose, if you will. Well, the Murphy Center has been helping adult learners get the basic education that, for one reason or another, was disrupted or never finished. My guest today is Development Coordinator Derek Moore with the Murphy Center. Hello. Hi, how are you, Linda? I'm great. So uh, we've done this now a few years in a row, but for the, our listeners who may not know, um, what is the Murphy Center? How did it get started back in 1986? Well, there was a, a strong need in the community to address the kinds of things you just articulated in your preamble. And it wasn't happening uh, in the regular school system. And more and more young people were away from uh, formal schooling and were basically not doing very much uh, except roaming the streets and uh, going down roads they probably shouldn't go down. And uh, this came about way, way back when, and this was a result of the Irish Christian Brothers. Uh, And they got together with other people people of, of like mind in the community and said, we need to do something. And so the brother T.I. Murphy Center was born. And since then, of course, we've changed it to the Murphy Center. And because we no longer have that affiliation that we originally had, and we are governed by an independent board of directors. So what did the Murphy Center look like at that time back in 1986? Well, back in those days, uh, we were, people will remember us from being housed uh, on uh, Water Street. And, uh, you know, right now it's a, it's a very old building down there, very uh, uh, classy building. And well, it's a landmark, actually, just down there by that new hotel that was built. Um, but uh, so it, it came about, again, uh, with, with the idea of trying to help people plug the holes in their learning uh to that point, uh, fill the gaps, and also to help people understand what it was to try to gain meaningful employment. And was it well received at the time? Were people coming and saying, yes, this is exactly what I need? Or were people still sort of falling through the cracks? Did you have to find them, in other words? Well, it it happened in a couple of ways. There were people that walked through the door and said, I'm just not cutting it. I need some help. 
and then there were other times when uh, uh, existing schools uh, realized that they had people in their clientele uh, who were not going to make it, and there would be referrals. I, I, for example, was a high school principal here in St. John's for many, many years, and so I used that referral system uh, on occasion to uh, to make sure that, that certain people did not fall through the cracks. So there was two ways, walk-in and referral. And this was before we had a really good understanding. I mean, a lot of people would sense that something was amiss, but it's before we had a really good understanding of exactly what ADHD is and other learning disabilities that make it difficult, uh, despite uh, efforts and attempts, to um, to learn, to learn math, to learn reading, to learn some of those basic skills. Um, was it understood at the time that there's something bigger than just because people used to say things like lazy or stupid or, or these horrible, horrible terms that just weren't appropriate? Um, did people have an understanding in 1986 of that something bigger was at play, perhaps? I think there was an understanding in general terms, but we had no research to support specific things. Uh, it was just a gut feeling that, you know, what are we going to do for these poor folks who don't seem to be able to make it in the system as it currently existed? So as a result, uh, it, it, it was born. And uh, as research has come along and as, you know, there are other uh, associations have, have grown up, like the Learning Disabilities Association, as you referenced, uh, and others, you know, we, we learn more. And so uh, in doing that, then, you know, we are able to tailor make uh, our particular programs so that they can uh, be of best use to the participant. Let me give you an example. We, we have a program uh, which um, stands on its own in the sense that it doesn't it. it it has to be funded independently uh, from whether it's uh, philanthropic agencies or donations or whatever. But we have a program called a readiness program. And so when somebody comes to us and, and wanting to do academics, they are put through the intake process. And in that process, we begin to identify, is there a learning disability or is there an undiagnosed learning disability that we need to have uh, diagnosed? Uh, you know, are there other issues? Are there mental health challenges that this person is facing? And do they need particular intervention? And we try to arrange for that. All because we want to set these people up for maximum success. And so by doing so, we can then, after we've done that preamble of battery of tests with them and interviews, we can say, all right, we think this is the best of our programs for you, whether that's going to be uh, come on into the high school uh, program that we have, or whether it's ABE, or whether it's GED. And most recently, uh, we have broadened out into a, a more basic fundamental program of literacy, which uh, started with an association we had with the uh, gathering place, and now we are moving that across the province. So tailor-made, so to speak, uh, getting to know the Pretty individual and what well. their specific needs are rather than having a, a blanket program and just putting everybody in there. Well, you know, for many years, uh, we tried to round peg people in square holes, and that didn't work real well for anybody. And so, yes, this is, this is not a scattershot approach anymore. This is a little bit more sophisticated than that in that we try to determine what are the needs of, this, of, the, of these people. Well, you know, for example, if you've got people that have been out in and out of school, formal school, uh, for years, uh, there are learning gaps. 
Now we have to ask the next question back is, well, why are there learning gaps? I mean, is it because there's a learning disability? Is it because, you know, the person just missed all this stuff and now it's too much to catch up with on their own and they need intervention? And you have to, you have to ask those kinds of questions so that we can slot people um, again so that they are geared for success. There's nothing that encourages success like success. Our guest today on On Target is Development Coordinator with the Murphy Centre, Derek Moore. We'll be back right after this. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. Our guest today on On Target is the Development Coordinator with the Murphy Centre, Derek Moore. And um, we're talking a little bit about the Murphy Centre and what it does, and we're getting eventually to the uh, the crux of this because they're uh, raising some funds, and we'll get into that in a moment. But um, you offer a number of programs. Career Services is one, and I want to talk to you about that separately. But tell us a little bit about your academic programs. Uh, yes, uh, and we have three. I think we're probably the only... Um, place in, in the province outside of the regular school system that offers um, the accredited provincial program. So, uh, you, and we do it in an alternate setting, of course, in small groups and things like that. So people can actually come and work off uh, their their high school graduation and then uh, graduate and move on to post-secondary. I'm losing you, Derek. You're you're in and out. Years ago, uh, walked away from school for whatever their reason, and um, you know they may have had an epiphany and and realized that you know there are things I can do, uh, but I need to have that paper qualification in order to do that. And so they come back and they uh, they they do what 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 has been missed. Uh, and then they graduate and uh, can go on as a mature student, usually, to uh, call on among, uh, any other institution. Uh, let me give you a little example. Uh, Derek, um, can you hear me? I can. Yeah, your your phone is, is going in and out um, okay. for some reason. Uh, are you on a cell? I am. Ah, okay. It's, You're. You, you uh, may be losing some of that... Um, you know connectivity there uh if you you're, you're good there now if you want to stay put okay all right right here yeah no okay you ca- carry on so we had a young lady here several years ago who uh, came through and needed some uh, work done and then to do some work so that she could move on that young lady went on and uh finished university at the top of her class in a journalism program at king's college in uh, nova scotia and in her final year was accepted right off the top to go to Osgoode Hall Law School in Toronto. And that person is now uh, graduated from that and is practicing uh, in, uh, in, in the city of Ottawa. So that is an example of the possible uh, the possibilities here. You know, uh, somebody who might have been, for whatever reason, uh, going one way and can have that epiphany and turn around, change their life, and, and do something of that nature. Not everybody does that. But, you know, every time you, you do a little bit of work with somebody and they have an aha moment, uh, that is success as well. How are your programs typically delivered? Are they on-site? 
Well, of course, prior to the pandemic, uh, it was all on site. And then we had to, when when the pandemic hit us, we had to uh, uh, pivot very quickly into the unknown. And that was online classes and uh, instruction and uh, things of that nature, which we did. Now that the pandemic is uh, not gone, but sort of leaving us in a way, uh, we sort of have a hybrid model. And uh, so we have in-class instruction as well as uh, those who do their work online. And the programs that you deliver, are they primarily in the metro region or have you expanded elsewhere throughout the province? Well, it's, uh, you know, the footprint is expanding. Um, we have, uh, just to finish uh, a little bit on, on the, some of the main ac- mainstream academic programs, GED is another one where somebody might have left school, gone into the workforce, and been told, you know, you're a great worker, but we, and I want to give you a promotion, but you don't have the paper requirement. So we can bring them in, and they do the GED program, and they do that one. Uh, you can in a couple of ways. One is you can come in and have instruction here in our in our uh, building, or you can actually do uh, online virtual uh, virtual uh, stuff with with GED. We we had a young uh, a gentleman a few years ago who uh, was working on an oil rig and uh, was working off his GED at that point. So they work it off, and then they and then they move on and get promoted, and and and, and life is good. Um, we have a literacy outreach program, and a couple of years ago, we were approached by the government to offer literacy at the gathering place, and we've done that, and it's still happening now. Uh, but then uh, that has been further expanded, and we're kind of in the development phases of that. Uh, and so we have uh, we have uh, another location in Gander where we are working uh, with uh, the Salvation Army in partnership there, and uh, we're working in Cornerbrook in partnership with Vine Place Community Center and in Happy Valley Goose Bay in partnership with Labrador Friendship Center. So these uh, programs should be fully operational by the end of 2022. Uh, and uh, so we were very grateful to be able to uh, try and address that need in a province-wide manner. I was thinking, you know, as you were talking, especially about the GED and that sort of thing, that, you know, some people might have um, finished uh, the courses that they have, but they don't have that piece of paper. And I was thinking, how daunting would that be? I mean, I've been out of the school system for ever so long. I graduated, but I can't imagine going back over that now and, and how I would do. Is it daunting it is, for people? It, is. It, it can be. It can be. But, you know, uh, our graduates tell us, that uh, the Murphy Center is a very friendly place and that you are respected for who you are and uh, where you are and what you bring to the table. And it's a case of, you know, I've been in education for 40 plus years and um, it's always been a case of taking the pupil from wherever they are to as far as you can take them. And that's pretty well, in a nutshell, what we attempt to do here at the Murphy Center. 
I want to talk to you about career services because it's not just the educational side of things. It's helping people gain that job. And things have changed so dramatically over the years in terms of job interviews and resumes and what employers are looking for, those kinds of things. I want to talk to you a little bit about that when we come back after the break. Our guest today on On Target is Development Coordinator with the Murphy Center, Derek Moore. We'll be back right after this. Got plans for midnight? Bring your VOCM along with the best soundtrack for every night, anywhere. The VOCM All Night Show, midnight on your VOCM. Our guest today on On Target is the <laughs> Development Coordinator with the Murphy Center, Derek Moore, and we've been talking about some of the many things that the uh, Murphy Center does to help people out and to fill those gaps in education and uh, and job training, that kind of thing. What about career services? Because uh, I know that's an important part of what you do. How important is it for people to know how to conduct that interview or write a resume? What do you do there? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, you you probably recall the days when you were looking for a job and you took your resume up and down the street and you went into every business and you passed in something and, and you, you know, that was the way it was done. It's not done that way anymore. It's a lot of stuff is done online. And so we have to work with our clientele to uh, brush up on their skills and be able to format those things correctly. And we help them with that. Uh, and then uh, we, uh, we help them. We put them through mock interviews. Uh, so that they, some of them, they've never been in front of uh, somebody looking for a job and trying to promote themselves, or for others, it's been a very long time. And so uh, it's very important for us to, to work with these people, get them ready to have that particular face-to-face interview, should that come down the road. And we do other things. I mean, you know, job shadowing is something that happens uh, with us as well. So, you know, somebody may not have a clue what they what they, uh, what they they really want to do, and, and, and it's just as important to know what you don't want to do is what you do want to do. And so, um, you know, job shadowing helps people sort that kind of thing out in their mind. And of course, uh, you know, people come to us and, and they, they, they we, we get the whole package and they, they come with, with varying degrees of personal development needs. And so we're able to work with them on that and, and help them to get referred to get the assistance that they need. Yeah, you said that uh, sometimes it's important to know what you don't want to do is as as important as what you want to do. And sometimes what you want to do may not turn out to be exactly how you is is a good fit, if you know what I'm saying. Well, I do, because, you know, many, many years ago now, and uh, we used to talk about, you know, somebody worked for X number of years in one company and ended up with the gold watch and, you know, got the handshake and then went off into retirement. But, you know, um, way back, even in the 80s and 90s, the Conference Board of Canada was talking about those days are done. And we're going to have, people are going to have multiple contractual kinds of jobs over time and of their time in their work life. And, and we see more and more of that, not just because people uh, don't, um, you know, they realize that, okay, I'm in this and I'm in it for a while, but it's really not what I want. I better switch and do something else. There's lots of that. But there's also uh, that, you know, the world of work now is, is seems to be chunked up in, in contracts a lot. And so people come in and they, they prepare themselves and they go and they do their contract and then they have to look to see, well, where am I going next? There's all of that. It's more fluid than it used to be. 
Indeed, and sometimes uh, careers have changed dramatically as well. Uh, technology and changes in attitudes and lifestyle and, and how we do things has changed so dramatically that sometimes the business you get involved in is no longer relevant. When We've seen that time and time again over the last number of decades. No question. No question. And so as a result of that, uh, we in the past few years have begun to look at what alternatives there might be. And, uh, you know, you've just given me, I think, a little bit of a segue to get into talking about SOAR which is skills, explore, achieve, and revive. Now, if you were to think of a monopoly, uh, not a monopoly board, a Scrabble board, uh, and you were to uh, put this, uh, this acronym out and then fill out the words skills, and then interlocking with that coming down would be the word explore, and then you would cut across and you'd use one of the letters to create achieve and then you'd do it another one and you'd have revive so we need people need to know the skills that they require they need to explore what's available they have to achieve to a certain standard and in some cases they have to revive some people may be burned out in what they're doing and they need a fresh shot of something to get them uh, repositioned in the workplace. And so that's where we come in with, with SOAR. It is, aimed at, um, it is aimed at the skilled trades, largely. We work with the apprenticeship board now to provide tutoring support because these folks have to write exams and they need to be coached. Um, and we are also doing research right now is how we can effectively assist in the non-traditional skilled trades, such as farming or the hairstyling or things of that nature. I mean, when we think of skilled trades, most of us think about mechanics and carpentry and construction and all those sorts of things. But there's more, more to it than that. Uh, and I was thinking, too, in terms of uh, the way technology has changed over the years. If you have this gap in learning or even skills development, uh, and let's say you've always had a, uh, a real talent for numbers and that sort of thing, and you say, well, maybe I could be an accountant, but there's a whole other way to do things now than used to be even 10, 15, 20 years ago. So how do you keep people up to date with the technology and how quickly that's changing and how it affects a career path? Well, um, last year we announced a program that we were working on called Tech Prep. And we, we, we looked at uh, the marketplace around us and just felt that, you know, if there is a person, young or old, who has, uh, you know, abilities and they have gone through school and, 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 and they've, they've picked up on this technology stuff and they're pretty good with it and, and they're able to navigate all of that, that's fine. But what about the ones who can't or who haven't had the opportunity? What about, what about our existing clientele that we were brought into being to serve? So how do we how do we help them become part of this you know burgeoning technology sector that we hear about so much? And so tech prep is designed to take the person from where they are and to improve their tech skills to the point where one of two things can happen. They can either gain entry into other technology training programs that are more advanced or they can perhaps gain entry into the workplace uh, at an entry-level position. That's tech prep, and we are, uh, we're very excited about it. Uh, we're currently hiring for it, 
and the recruitment in terms of the participants in the program is going to be taking place uh, in this fall as we lead up to the end of the year. That's, that's one of the ways that we are trying to be relevant. It's not just the three R's anymore. There's more to it than that. And we have to look to see what these opportunities are, where the needs are for this population, or we risk them falling further behind yet again. Is there an average age of, of the people you assist? Well, at our school sets, in their school setting, uh, that, that, that basically is somebody who might be 16 uh, and going on up in, into the 20s. Uh, at, at the Career Services Center, we, we help people 16 and up. And so sometimes, you know, here uh, we, we have people that are university graduates and they've even got graduate degrees and coming to us because, you know, yes, they understand the content and they were able to do that. But there are other things that are missing in, 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 in terms of what they need to present to an employer. And we try to help them with that. So in terms of an average age, it's all over the place. But, uh, but you know, we, 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 we are here to, to help those who, who walk through the doors, including immigrants. Have attitudes changed? It seems to me that, you know, I'm thinking back in 1986, uh, uh, you might have had uh, people who were reluctant to come to you because it would be an admission of failure for some reason, if you know what I mean. There's pride takes over in a lot of uh, cases and can do some damage. But do you find that people, um, uh, attitudes have changed in that regard over the over the years? Circumstances are as individual as the people who come to us. And uh, so, yeah, there are some of those that uh, would fit in the descriptor you just used, Um, but it is changing, I think, um, in the sense that um, people are starting to realize more and more that, okay, maybe this happened to me when I was young. Maybe circumstances weren't so great. Uh, Maybe I had to leave school for X, Y, Z reasons. But you know what? I have to look out for myself, and there is a long life ahead of me, hopefully, and i got to do something about it. And if I don't, I'm going to be dependent on social systems for the rest of my life. And they want a better way. And so they come to us, and we try to help them find that better way. We've been hearing a lot lately about uh, trauma-informed um, programs and those kinds of things. Are, are the programs uh, offered by the uh, Murphy Center trauma-informed so that you understand when a person reacts in a certain way to a certain circumstance or what has held them back, if you will? Well, again, I, I go back to the readiness program and the intake process and where we really have do a deep dive with every person as to what is your circumstance, you know, and, and it requires them to be upfront and, 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 and open about where they've been and, and who they are and what they're dealing with. You can only help somebody if you have all the facts on the table. And so, you know, it, in that sense, it, I think it does relate to each person's individual trauma. Now, um, have we got a particular program dedicated to that at this point? No. Um, but are we more aware that these are factors that influence why people are the way they are and do the things they do? Yes.
So this all leads us to your Inspiring Lives annual appeal, and I want to ask you a little bit about that when we come back after the break. Our guest today on On Target is Development Coordinator with the Murphy Center, Derek Moore. We'll be back right after this. Take a break. Join us weekdays from 1230 to 1 p.m. as we discuss anything and everything that's happening now. It's all on the table during your VOCM lunch break. Our guest today is Development Coordinator with the Murphy Center, Derek Moore, and we've been talking about the uh, the work that the Murphy Center does with people who, for one reason or other, has a, have gaps in their education or gaps in their training or uh, gaps in their ability to seek and find a job, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, so a lot of work gets done there to help an awful lot of people. Um, how many people do you estimate, uh, Derek, you're currently serving? Every year we serve 800 plus, uh, roughly roughly 50-50 in career services and in our academic programming. That's pretty substantial. So do you you hire the people who work for you or are they volunteer? No, they're hired. They are qualified teachers and qualified uh, career counselors. So that requires a bit of cash. It does. And, you know, um, here's the thing. Uh, All of our programs that you and I have chatted about uh, today are uh, funded programs. What that means is that, you know, and and my colleague and I go out to funders and to uh, other people go out to government and and we have conversations and please God, there's some money that comes in and, and we're so grateful for all of that. However, here's the thing about it. It's dedicated money. And, 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 you know, we could not have the programs we have without that dedicated money. But there's another side to that, and that, and, and that side is that an organization like Murphy Center, Inc. requires flexibility to respond in a, an efficient and timely manner to emerging challenges. I'll give you an example. Uh, we talked about it already, that just before the pandemic, we were doing face-to-face uh, instruction. Along came, comes the pandemic, and like everybody else, we had to scramble, and scramble we did to uh, uh, address technology needs, connectivity needs, uh, all of that kind of thing. And so, it, it, you know, it, it's a good thing out of a bad situation in that I guess we've now pivoted and we've, we've brought into our bag of tricks another way of delivering services. Uh, And that's not going to go away anytime soon, I don't think. But that's one example where you end up with a huge kind of cost. And where do you get the money to do that? You don't have a pot of money that is dedicated to that. Hence, we come to where we are right at this moment. Uh, You know, uh, right now we have running... For the very first time, and I think it's indicative of the times we live in, too, that organizations like us find ourselves needing to go to uh, a different mode of fundraising than maybe we've done ever before. We have a change of change our life 50-50 um, draw currently on the way and going. And it will the, the final day for ticket sales on that will be uh, November the 21st, and the draw will be on the 23rd. So if someone wants to enjoy a game of chance and uh, support us in that way, they just type in changealife5050.ca, 
and uh, then they can they can play to their heart's content, and uh, our uh, participants will be uh, the beneficiaries of that, and, and somebody will win a really nice prize. Um, is there the, any? Because this always generates interest. Is there? Do you have a, a, an estimate on the pot right now? Yeah, I do. The pot at this moment is uh, uh, about twenty one, twenty two thousand, um, and we, you know, it's not where we need to be. Um, we've got two more weeks to get there. We we are currently uh, we've got two early bird prizes that one is drawn for, the other one is being drawn for. The cutoff on that one is is passed last night, and so two weeks to go uh, for us to get uh, where we do. But again, this is just uh, for us trying something new to uh, see if we. We can um, get some more money to meet the needs that we we face. The more traditional way uh, is this Inspiring Lives annual appeal that we offer every year. And we reach out to corporate corporations. We reach out to uh, individual donors uh, to try and help them understand who we are and with the hope that they will support us uh, monetarily. Again, this year we're saying uh, we're putting a very modest ask on that. We're asking, we're trying to raise $30,000 through that Inspiring Lives appeal this year. So again, why? Because we need to respond in a timely and efficient fashion. And the other thing too, Linda, is that our our clientele have certain needs. Uh, you know, uh, Abram Maslow, a behavioral scientist many, many years ago, talked about the idea of self-actualization being the, the highest place that a human could be. And they were, you know, they, they were fulfilled in so many ways. But he also said you cannot reach self-actualization if the basic needs are not met. And so, you know, we, we need to do food and we need to do safety and we need to do clothing and we need to help them in personal care and all those kinds of things. No point putting somebody in a classroom if they're hungry, if they don't feel safe, if they have other issues that they haven't been able to deal with. So we're trying to do that kind of thing. And the need for non-restricted funds uh, comes from that. And having those non-restricted funds will help us meet those needs in a better way. Have costs increased? Oh. (laughs) Don't be talking. Costs have increased absolutely everywhere and in everything, in every aspect of life. So I know that we're talking to an audience today that's feeling it in their own pocketbook. But, you know, there's also the idea that, particularly here in Newfoundland, that people like to uh, help the underdog. And, you know, the Murphy Center since 1986 has been working diligently uh, to meet the needs of people who for whatever their reasons, have fallen on difficult situations and need a hand up, not a handout. So how can people get involved in this uh, Inspiring Lives uh, appeal? Well, at our website, www.murphycenter.ca, as soon as you get there, you'll see a donate button. And when you click on that donate button, it takes you to the page where you can select Uh, how you donate and what you donate. We're going to suggest that even though there are a couple of options there, that people help us this year by donating to the annual appeal because that will enable us to use the money as I've just articulated for you. And um, have past appeals uh, proven successful? 
Yes. I mean, we've only been doing this. Uh, you know, it's interesting. The Murphy Center, as you said, has been around since 1986. But the development office at the Murphy Center has only been around for four years. And so in each of those four years, we have met our target. And we have not changed the target to increase it because we have, a, we have an understanding uh, that everybody is feeling a pinch these days. And so for us to come out and say, you know what, uh, we really need $100,000 or we need, you know, a million or whatever, although we could do with it, is not really uh, something that we think is feasible at this time. So we're keeping our, our ask, we believe, to a modest level in the hope that people will reach down and, and, and from what they have, give generously. Our guest today on On Target is Development Coordinator with the Murphy Centre, Derek Moore. And we've got um, about two minutes left. Derek, any final thoughts? Oh, uh, just to say that uh, the, the need never diminishes. We will have for as long, I, I project that as long as we are here in St. John's, there will be a need for an institution like the Murphy Center. There will always be those who, for a host of reasons, many of which beyond the individual's control, will find themselves in need and in need of being assisted so that they can become productive citizens in our economy. And so once again, how can people get involved if they're um, willing to do so? Two ways. For the 50-50, it's changealife5050.ca. And for inspiring lives to make a donation, it, you go to the www.murphycenter.ca and hit the donate button and select annual appeal. Well, uh, Derek, I do appreciate your time this afternoon. Um, the uh, Murphy Center obviously has uh, helped an awful lot of people over the years. Any estimates? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I would have to, but, you know, I think the easiest way for me to answer that is thousands and tens of thousands extraordinary when you think about it uh, and especially yeah. over that length of time uh, really yeah. appreciate your time this afternoon uh, best of luck with it keep us up to date and the uh, the deadline for that 50 50 change of life 50 50 no hyphens or dashes or anything like that just change of life 5050.ca uh, the final draw is on november 23rd thanks so much for your time this afternoon thank you very much appreciate and it and we'll be back tomorrow, of course. Uh, it's uh, Financial Literacy Week, or it has been. <laughs> I'm not sure of the dates anymore. Uh, but we're going to talk financial literacy, and who better to speak to us about that than Nancy Snedden. So stay tuned for that tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great evening.